Okay, so I'm going to talk about something. Let me turn this down a little bit here. <laughs> testing, testing. Testing, 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 testing. Yeah, that looks good. Okay. So last uh, week I went to a symposium on death and dying at a hospital called Cedar sinai in uh, Los Angeles. And they had a panel of doctors talking about how to die. And then they had a panel of clergy talking about how to die. And they had a Buddhist, and they had a Jew, and they had a Christian, and they had a Muslim, and they had another Christian. And in each one of the talks they gave, which, were, which was very short, they talked about how to die well. And they said, if you want to have a good death, have a good life. But they really didn't go into what it meant to have a good life, because each one of the religions said, you have a good life this way, you have a good life this way, you have a good life this way. So it got me to thinking about Buddhism and, and what is important in Buddhism uh, would be the thing that doesn't die when the body dies. So one day our body will die. But there's one thing that doesn't die. Can anybody tell me what that is? This is a really hard question. I asked a lot of people. They didn't get it. Soul. We have one soul. Okay. Maybe. But the Buddha didn't have a lot to say about the soul. He wasn't sure whether we even had one or not. He was saying, you know, we might have a soul, but we might not have a soul. But if we do, or we don't, that's not who we really are. And that's not what goes to the next lifetime. But thank you for saying that. So if the soul doesn't go to the next lifetime, what goes to the next lifetime? Mind, okay. It's some... Some kinds of Buddhism say that mind may go to the next lifetime. May. But then other kinds of Buddhism says, well, no, it doesn't go. If it does go, it just plants a seed. So we have many memories from all the past lifetimes. But it's not, it, it may not go, and it's not the most important thing. There's, but there's the, the most important thing. The one thing that goes to the next lifetime. The one thing that doesn't die when the body dies. Anybody have a guess? What do you think? This is very difficult, but very important. Because if we figure out what doesn't die, that's the most important thing to work on in this lifetime. See how that works? Any ideas? What do you think? The one thing that doesn't die. It's a hard one, isn't it? Okay. Le- yes? Is it the karma? It is karma. Very good. 
There's only one way to kill karma. Do you know what that way is? Only one way to kill the karma. Bad karma. Good karma and bad karma. There's only one way to kill the karma. That is nirvana. When we achieve nirvana, it ends our karma. We can no longer be reborn. Until we achieve nirvana, karma is being created and karma is the one thing that goes to the next lifetime. So, if we want to have a good death, we want to have a good life, what's the thing we're most concerned about? In this lifetime, the thing we're most concerned about is our karma. Because it makes this life better, and it makes the next life better as well. So now we have to figure out what karma is. Is karma everything we think? Is karma everything we say? Is karma everything we do? Is karma all three? Thinking, speaking, and acting? Yes. All of that. Absolutely. So now we say to ourselves, if I want to have a good afterlife, I need to have a good life, and in order to have a good life, I need to have good karma. So as a Buddhist now, we have to figure out how to have good karma. And the best way to start to have good karma is following the five precepts. The five precepts change what we say and what we do. Can anybody tell me what the five precepts are? Precept number one. I will practice not to take life. Yes. Precept number two. I will practice not to take what is not given. Precept number three. I will practice loving kindness. That's what the young people do. Older people practice it in a different way. Precept number four, I will practice not telling lies. Precept number five, I will practice not getting high, not consuming intoxicants. So why don't we want to get high as a Buddhist? The problem with getting high as a Buddhist is we might say something or do something that's unskillful and ruin our karma and not even know we did. We wake up and say, what did I do? I can't remember anything. And you may have had a car accident. You may have done terrible things and not remembered them. So we don't want to get high because the most important thing is to have good karma. We don't want to lie because that creates bad karma. We always want to practice love and kindness because that creates good karma. We don't want to steal stuff because that creates bad karma. And we don't want to kill anything because that creates bad karma too. So that's how we start. So the Buddha was very wise. He said, if you want to be a Buddhist and if you want to practice meditation... You have to take the five precepts and start working on your karma right away. Now, let me tell you how I understand it. 
there's a lot of energy in the world. And the scientists say you cannot create energy and you cannot destroy energy. You can only transform energy. You can only change energy. So every time we think something, we are transforming energy. And we are giving it a value. The value is either skillful, unskillful, wholesome, unwholesome. Every time we say something, we're creating energy in the world. And because we can't kill the energy, it never goes away. And you can test this out. You can say something to your parents, to your boyfriend or your girlfriend, they will never forget. If you say something bad, they will never forget and they'll remind you for the rest of your life. Energy doesn't go away. Speech doesn't go away. If you are acting in an unskillful way, your body is creating energy in the world and it can be skillful or unskillful, wholesome or unwholesome, and the outcome of that energy is called vipaka, V-I-P-A-K-A. Karma, vipaka, cause and consequence. In Buddhism, we don't have a God to forgive us. We cannot look at God and pray to God and say, please forgive me, I did not know what I was doing and I have created some bad karma can you erase my karma for me? And we have no one to ask. If you try to talk to karma, karma doesn't care. Karma has no ears. You can cry and plead and ask, and karma is deaf. If you get on your knees and look to the heavens and pray to karma to forgive you, karma has no eyes. It's up to you. So what does that mean? What happens if you do something really stupid and you want to fix it before the vipaka, before the consequence happens? What do you need to do? Can you do anything? Or once you've done it, there's no way to change it. Well, thankfully, there is a way to change it but it requires you to work on it. Imagine this. We have a glass of water and you have a teaspoon of salt and you put the salt in the water and stir it up and all you taste is the salt. But if you have a forest pond and a teaspoon of salt and you put the salt in the pond, the pond is so big you can't taste the salt because there's so much water. So what do we need to do if we have some bad karma that we've created because of something we've said or done? We need to create a pond of merit. We need to have a big pond of merit. So now you've said something really stupid and somebody doesn't like what you said. Now you have to go out and do a lot of good stuff create a lot of good karma to cancel the bad karma that you created before. You see how that works? If you do something stupid, you have to act 
quickly and you have to be skillful and wholesome and you have to create all this merit and all that merit then absorbs the bad karma and you don't feel the consequences. So there is something we can do, but it requires us to work. We can't just believe, we can't just hope, we can't just say it's going to be different in the future. We have to get up off the cushion, off the couch, out of the chair, and do some good actions and some good speech so we have merit, so we don't have to feel the consequences. If we have a good life and we do more good things than bad things, we have a merit account. It's like a checking account or savings account, except we have merit. And we can use this merit to go to heaven. So when you get older and the idea of having to die becomes more real to you, you even want to do more good things so you have this merit so you will go to heaven. Now, the ultimate goal of Buddhism is not to go to heaven. The ultimate goal of Buddhism is what? What does every Buddhist want to do in the end? With all the practice, all the good karma, where do they want to go? What do they want to do? It is called Nirvana. Nirvana. But how long does it take to go to Nirvana? It could take one month, one year, one lifetime, 100 lifetimes, 1,000 lifetimes. We don't know. It takes a long time to go and achieve, realize your Nirvana. So before you get your Nirvana, you'll be dying many, many times. And why not die and go to heaven? Heaven sounds like a pretty good place. I'm not sure what it's really like. You know, sometimes the Christians say it's like a hill and it has grass and there are clouds and there's music and everybody's really happy. And I don't know anybody who is alive who would want to go to a place like that right now because it sounds like a really boring place to go to. No video games, no TV. For a really long time, doesn't that sound boring? So I think there's a lot of different kinds of heavens we can go to. In Buddhism, in the early Buddhism, it's said that they have 30 different heavens and 30 different hells. So we have some bad places to go to if we don't have any merit. If we have demerit, we go to hell. If we have merit, we go to heaven. So for a Buddhist to have a good life and a good death, what do we need to do? We need to have good karma. We need to have merit. Now, there's something called the six realms of existence. This is the easy way to understand afterlife in Buddhism. The reason this is important is because when you go to school and you have a lot of Christians and Jews and Muslims going to school with you, they may not think you're going to heaven because you're a Buddhist. And your job is to say, yes, I'm going to heaven and I have 30 of them. How many do you have? 
<laughs> you see, so we need to be able to talk about this stuff. We need to be able to understand this stuff so we feel comfortable around a variety of people who look at the world differently than we do. Everybody is allowed to look at the world in the way they want to or the way their parents want them to. But there is no one right way and there is no one wrong way. I think they're all good. I think they're all right. But it's important to know what your way is. So, six realms of existence. The difference between Buddhist heaven and Christian heaven is this. Buddhist heaven doesn't last forever. It might last a hundred thousand human lifetimes, which is a really long time, but it doesn't last forever. The Christian heaven lasts forever. The Buddhist hell doesn't last forever either. It lasts for a really long time, but sooner or later you get to leave. Christian hell, forever. So as we get reborn, we get reborn up, we get reborn down, we get reborn up, we get reborn down. The best place for a Buddhist to be born is as a human. Why is that? It's the only place you can hear the Dharma. If you're born as a dog or a cat, you can hear the Dharma, but you don't understand it. It doesn't do you any good. You can't practice, and you'll probably come back as another dog or a cat. Now, dogs and cats have a good life if they find the right human. If they don't find the right human, they don't have a good life. So we don't want to be a dog or a cat. We don't want to be a bird or a chicken or a pig or a cow. We want to be human because the Dharma can speak to us. We can practice generosity and kindness. We can achieve merit. We can go to heaven. But more importantly, eventually we can achieve nirvana. The first heaven in Buddhism is really good. It's just the way you want it to be. This is a problem though. Because if it's just the way you want it to be, you're not going to change anything. You're just going to enjoy your time there. And while you're enjoying your time in this heaven, what happens to your karma account? It gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Because you're not doing any good things. There's no good things to do in heaven. Everything is good. Once your karma account turns into zero... You have to leave. They kick you out. Can you imagine how that must feel to get kicked out of heaven? What a bummer. The second heaven isn't quite as good as the first heaven. The second heaven has a little craving, a little desire, a little attachment. In the second heaven you say, if only it was this way, if only it was that way, it would be a perfect heaven but it never is this way or that way. So there's always a little bit of suffering in the second heaven, but it's still better than being a human because humans, there's a lot of suffering. The third place you can be born is the human realm. So for some reason, all of us sitting in this room today had good karma because we're humans. 
we got to be born as a human. How lucky are we? They say it is so rare to be born as a human being, and they give a story of a one-eyed turtle. And every hundred years, the one-eyed turtle comes up to take a breath of air. The chances of the one-eyed turtle coming up in the middle of an ox yoke that had broken off and was floating in the ocean are the chances of us being born as a human. So it's very rare. And most of us don't even think it's that special. Most of us think being human is just the way it's supposed to be. But if you read Buddhism, you find out you're very lucky to be human because now you have a human brain, you have human eyes and human ears, you can see the Dharma, you can hear the Dharma, and more importantly, you can practice the Dharma. Now they say the first hell realm is the animal realm. That's where all the animals live. Do you know that every year on earth we kill 20 billion animals to eat? 20 billion animals get killed every year so we can eat them. And they're not killed in very good ways. They're killed in terrible ways. So being an animal really isn't that good. Being an animal means somebody's going to eat you or kill you, or if you don't find a human to take care of you, you're going to have a very uncomfortable life. I take care of eight cats that live at the meditation center. They all live in the backyard. And I really like the cats. They're wonderful. But you know, it costs me $150 a month to feed eight cats because I give them really good food. How much does it cost to feed a human every month? Hundreds of dollars. Hundreds and hundreds. Sometimes humans go out and have one meal that costs $100. It's very expensive to feed humans. And how many humans do we have in the world? Seven billion humans walking on earth, eating 20 billion animals a year. Not including the vegetables that we have to kill too. Do you know, we have to eat things that were alive in order to stay alive. And you don't think that broccoli or asparagus was alive, but if you pull them out of the ground and listen real carefully, you can hear them scream. It's pretty sad. So that salad you have, because you don't want to kill any animals, all that in that salad was alive at one time. It didn't want to die either. So here we are in the hell realm, the first one, the animal realm, and what they say about the animals is this. Animals only want to do four things. They want to sleep, they want to eat, they want to make more animals, and they're really stupid. That's the life of an animal. So we call that the hell realm. We don't want to be in that realm. Though I know sometimes when you're a teenager, sleeping, eating, and being confused is just part of it, but as you get older, you sleep less, you eat less, you're less confused, and less happy. The next hell realm is called the hungry ghost realm. Whoa. Giant animals, 10 feet tall, pinhole for a mouth. No matter how hard they try to put food to the pinhole of the mouth, they never fill their stomach. 
They're always hungry. Can you imagine every day being hungry morning, noon, and night, and no matter how much you ate, it didn't change anything? Really a terrible place to be. So these hell peak creatures are really tall and really hungry, and there's nothing they can do. And then finally, the worst hell of all is where you look just like you do today. And now you're walking through a forest, and all of a sudden the leaves on the tree turn into razor blades and they fall off the tree and they cut you in a million pieces and you cry and you scream and then you come back together again and then more leaves fall and kill you again and this hell realm you just get killed every day all day long until finally you're purified through the suffering of this hell realm and you get to leave and get to be born so I want to tell you Of all the places to go, the first two heavens and the human place is the best place. And what we want to do while we're alive is have good karma so we definitely go to these heavens and we definitely be reborn as a human. So again, if we don't have a soul, if we don't have a self, If we don't have a solid, fixed, unchanging personality, the only thing that goes to the next lifetime is our karma. See how that works? And they say it works like this, that once the body dies, the karma is released into the world. And it's looking for a new home. And all of a sudden it finds this man and this woman who love each other so much and they want to have a little baby and the karma goes, yeah, I'm ready to be reborn again. So the karma introduces itself to the new mom and the new dad and they come together and all of a sudden a new person is born because of the past karma. Now most of us don't remember our past lives. And I'm always disappointed when somebody says, I remember my past life. I used to be a king or a queen. And I'm thinking, sure. Everybody in their past life used to be a king or a queen. Nobody was ever a garbage man. Nobody was ever a painter. They were always really cool. When I think about my past life, I don't even remember having a past life. I can barely remember 20 years ago let alone a past life. So is a past life really important? It's not. The most important thing is this life, and the most important day we're ever going to have is today. Because today is when we create the karma that decides what kind of day we're going to have tomorrow. It means we are in charge. We don't have to believe in something. We don't have to have faith in something. We don't have to have devotion in something. All we need to do is figure out how karma works and use karma to have a better tomorrow and a better life and a better afterlife. So the next time you're at school and somebody says, do you go to heaven? You go, right on. And I'm working real hard today to go there. So I'm going to be kind to you. I'm going to be generous with you. 
I'm not going to say anything bad about you because I want to go to heaven. And the only way I'm going to go to heaven is to be good. Good karma. Good thought, good speech, good action. Any questions so far? Okay, good. So, when we achieve nirvana, three things happen. The first thing is we never have to suffer again. The second thing is we don't have any more karma. The third thing is we don't ever have to be reborn again. So now you might say to yourself, well, if I achieve nirvana and I'm never going to be reborn again, does that mean I'm not going to exist again, ever? It doesn't sound like much fun not to exist. Even though all the kinds of existence out there always leads to suffering, at least I'm somebody, at least I have something to do, at least I exist in a certain way. But I don't think the Buddha meant that we had to not exist. The problem with existing on earth is this. In order to exist on earth, you have to be born. Now, there are so many arguments going about creation. Some people say God created everything. Some people say Big Bang and science has a better explanation. Some people say the flying spaghetti monster created the world. If you don't know who the flying spaghetti monster is, just Google it. There's a whole cult of flying spaghetti monster people. They wear eye patches like pirates. But the problem is, if it's created, if it has a beginning, if it started, it always has to end. Everything. People are freaking out now because of global warming. They say, if we don't fix global warming, we're going to kill the planet. Well, let me tell you, the planet will be fine. If we don't fix global warming, we're going to kill the humans. <laughs> Once all the humans are gone, Earth will be a wonderful place to live. We're just seven billion people. We're fracking, we're digging, we're destroying the Amazon. We're doing all these terrible things. Then what does planet Earth say to us? Nothing. Planet Earth is just there. Sooner or later, planet Earth is not going to be there for us. So we have to think skillfully. So, did the Earth have a beginning? Yes. Though we don't know exactly how. Does that mean the Earth will have to die? Yes. Because the earth started. Anything that begins has to end. How long will the earth be here? Billions of years. It's going to be here a really long time. But one day in our solar system, the sun will turn itself off and go dark. Because the sun was created too. So the sun was created. The sun has to end up being destroyed. Humans are created, humans have to end up being destroyed. Trees are created, trees end up being destroyed. Everything that starts has to end. So what did the Buddha do? He did something remarkable. He found something that wasn't born. He found something that didn't start. 
he found something that didn't have a beginning. What was that? Nirvana. Nirvana is unborn and undying. If we achieve nirvana, we can exist without birth. We can exist without a beginning. We don't have to end. He found a way never ever to die again. The deathless state, nirvana. How cool is that? So everything in the universe had a beginning, not nirvana. Everything in the universe has an end, not nirvana. That's why as a Buddhist, we want to achieve nirvana one day, sooner or later. But until we get there, we have heavens, and we have the human lifetime, and we have a lot of stuff to do, and a lot of ways to practice, to get rid of our greed, hatred, and delusion, to only have generosity, compassion, and wisdom, to only create good karma, to only have good results, to have a wonderful life, to have a wonderful death. Any questions? Any comments on what I've said? Anybody like to say anything? Does anybody want to get nirvana? Not yet? Okay. I, I asked a class one time, I said, anybody want to achieve nirvana today? And one guy said, no, I, I want to buy a new car first. Then. You know, then. Or I want to ask this girl out, and then I'll get nirvana. And, you know. So we always have something that we want to do first, and then achieve nirvana later. <laughs> but the very wise men, the, the monks and, and the nuns, and all the people that follow the teachings of the Buddha, realize that there's no time to waste, that this is a very short life we live, and we should practice a little bit each day, so hopefully we can realize our nirvana in this lifetime, because none of us can remember how many lifetimes in the past we have already practiced. We could have been practicing Buddhism for 2,000 years already. And this is the lifetime. None of us can remember, none of us know. I think that's enough. Does that sound good? Okay, let me...